Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 47 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Let it be said by me, happy holidays. <laughs> and I guess, you know, technically, because there won't be another episode out by then, happy new year. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I would say happy new year when the new year changes over, but you know what I mean. I can still wish everybody a happy happy holidays merry christmas um and a happy new year when it does happen i also want to wish uh everyone a happy kwanzaa and i hope that everyone who celebrates it had a happy hanukkah i know that the, you know december is the big the big month for holidays um and i'm sure there's plenty more uh that i that i do not have the time to cover uh, to wish every single person their own special you know their own specific religious or beliefs uh, holiday, but I will say just happy holidays uh, for everyone else that I didn't cover. With that being said, we have a very special uh, holiday episode of Extreme Evocast happening right now in your ears. You know, I mean, this episode is being released on the 23rd, but even then, uh, it feels fitting that I do a holiday-themed episode of Evocast for, this, for the occasion. I don't think I did one last year. If I did, I don't remember it. It's been a year so i don't really remember what i did um if i didn't do anything last year welcome to the very first holiday special of extreme evocast and if i did welcome to the second uh yearly holiday special of extreme evocast anyway let's let's get things going on um i hope everyone's having a good day uh regardless of all of the all of the holiday jazz going on i know that things can be a little stressful especially around the holidays and everything going on right now um, at the same time, I know, I, I know the holidays are also very calming and very, very, you know, happy for a lot of people, including myself. Um, I am done with finals. Everything's over. I finally have time to just spend time at home and, and, you know, with it snow finally, gosh, I haven't had, I haven't seen snow in like five years and I got to finally see snow right outside my window for the, for Christmas, for the holidays. And I could not be happier about it. Thank God. <laughs> um that it snowed around here oh my goodness living in a hot climate for five years really really makes you miss snow when you were living in it for like 18 years of your life um but i digress i've been relaxing i've been playing a lot of smash ultimate because of sephiroth's release i've also been playing a lot of final fantasy 7 because of sephiroth's release i've never played it before i know this has nothing to do with pokemon but i thought i would tell you a little bit about what i've been up to what have you been up to I'll sort of do like the Blue's Clues Dora Explorer esque like, wow, that sounds really cool. You know, give give I'll, I'll pause for a couple seconds, giving the listener time to respond to my question, and then I'll just give like a very vague sort of, wow, that's really cool. You could say that you murdered forty people, and I'd be like, wow, that's really interesting. That's really cool. I'm hope I hope you had fun. Good for you. Um, anyway, I digress. Let's continue on to the news for today's episode. Um, we have not many things to talk about, really. Very, very big sort of holiday things, I suppose, more so than just, um, than mo you know, a lot of things, um, as to be expected in this holiday episode of Extreme EvoCast. Definitely not just because everything is doing holiday things right now, because it's the holidays. How many times do you think I'm going to say holiday in this episode? Oh boy, probably a lot. Over... Over 20. I, I, might, I might have already said it over 20 times. Anyway, uh, there is a new trading card game, like, I, I don't even want to call it like a thing, like a, or like a, let me just read, read to you what uh, Serebii has about it, if I can find it. Hello? Here it is. The Pokemon Company have announced the next feature in the, in the Pokemon TCG Battle Styles. Starting with the next set in Japan, due out next month, and in the west, and in the west in March, many cards will start to have a special tag. These tags are based on Urshifu's two-form fighting styles: Single Strike and Rapid Strike. Various Pokémon, trainer, and energy cards will have this tag, and a different move, ability, and trainer effects will call upon cards of these styles, incentivizing making a deck around them. These sets in Japan are to release on January 23rd, 22nd, blah, blah, blah. So it's essentially like they're they're taking Pokemon Red and Blue and, you know, Sun and Moon, Ruby Sapphire, all of like the double 
sort of game releases and putting them into the Pokemon trading card game. So congratulations to all you trading card game fans and players out there. Uh, if you wanted to experience the two version release that the, the main series game players has, uh, there you go. It's happening. Uh, no, but this actually does sound really cool. It's sort of like, you know, two versions of the same card uh, have, you know, different moves, different attributes and things based on the different fighting styles. It's sort of like a double deck, uh, but, you know, there's they're split into two sides. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a very interesting way of uh, of doing it. And I think that it fits, you know, sort of the Isle of Armor happening um, recently. I was going to say, you know, not super recently, but uh, still recently, I suppose. So, you know, I mean, it had to happen eventually, Urshifu. Every time there's a new Legendary release, I have to make a trading card game pack based on it. Just sort of the way that things go. Um, but yeah, a really interesting way of doing it this time around. And I'm actually uh, pretty hype about that. I don't play the trading card game myself, but still, it's cool. Uh, I know that trading Pokemon trading card game packs openings have been very, very popular recently. Like, really popular recently. Uh, I don't really know where this came from, but like... So many people that I've talked to were just like, yeah, I was watching po people watch po people open training card packs all day. And I'm like, well, huh? I mean, like, I get it. But like, huh? When did this when did this become a thing? I don't know. But, it, you know, it's fitting that it's it's so popular now out of nowhere. Um, and we're talking about it intensively on this podcast. Next up, there is a, of course, a holiday uh, event going on in Pokemon Masters. Uh, it is called Deck the Halls. <laughs> um, it adds elusive sync pairs such as Erica Holidays in parentheses and Comfey and Skyla Holidays in parentheses and Togekiss. So it's, you know, I don't know anything about Pokemon Masters, but uh, they're adding it's a it's a holiday event. What do you you know? <laughs> what do you expect them to do? It's a you know new costumes for the trainers and also different Pokemon to go with them. As well as uh, those holiday events in Pokemon Masters. Sorry, Pokemon Masters EX. Um, there is also a new sync pair, N and Zekrom. They're finally adding N. I honestly didn't know that he wasn't in the game, but he is now in the game. Uh, well, he's coming to the game December 24th. Um, there will be a special gift coming and a story event uh, based around N from December 24th to January 12th. So if you play Pokemon Masters EX, N is coming. I love N. Who doesn't love N? Uh, so seeing him in Masters is a good treat. There is a, there was, sorry, a massive, and I mean massive community day that happened um, for, in Pokemon Go recently. Obviously, they always do these huge community days on in December. They did it last year, they did it the year before, and they did it this year. Um, this happened from December 12th into December 13th. I, of course, sort of to be expected on this podcast, didn't get to participate because I'm home. And, you know, in the middle of nowhere, once again, uh, not at college, not in the city, so I don't really have anywhere to go to play. Also, it's really cold. I know I was just praising the opportunity for it to be really cold in the beginning of this episode, but also the, the, the double-edged sword side is coming out and I can't go anywhere because it's so cold. So And also because of, you know, the pandemic. Um, <laughs> who cares about that, right? Um, so they did a big community day um there was weedle abra ghastly rhyhorn c dot piplup charmander electabuzz magmar magikarp and porygon uh increased in in the days spawn day you know around um in the in, in increased spawns in the areas uh as well as they could become shiny and also there was Totodile, Smidub, Trico, Torchic, Trapinch, Slackoth, Ralts, Mudkip, Bagon, Turtwig, and Chimchar in raids and in eggs, and they could also be shiny. So, um, you know, sort of doing every community day from the past month uh, to be expected, what they do pretty much in everything. But they sort of split it between the spawns and the, the, the raids and the eggs, I think. You know, we got the Hoenn starters, we got the Sinnoh starters sort of uh 
separated between the two and also Charmander, you know, Weedle, all the ones that we've got uh, in the past few months are there again or were there again. Um, so yeah, I hope that everyone who uh, participated in the, in the community day got all those shiny, so many shiny Pokemon. Good Lord. Um, I, my luck for community days is usually really bad, so I don't know how well I would have fared, but I hope that you fared well if you, um, if you did participate and went outside and I hope you were safe when you went outside as well. Uh, and if you did go outside and get some cool shinies and you have something else to look forward to in January, the next community day has been revealed and it is to be Machop. If I can find it, here it is. Machop, January 16th. Shinies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything that happens during uh, during a community day, uh, but it will be matchup for this next one. Sort of the, the littler things uh, to move on is, uh, before before we move on, I mean, is um, there are codes available to get Zerud in Pokemon Sword and Shield still going on. Um, they are going from from now happening right now until march 31st so uh, no rush obviously <laughs> um but i thought that i would say it at least one more time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna touch on it pre uh, pretty much ever again i assume um but in case you weren't aware zarud is available um newsletter that contains unique serial codes for zarud are now starting to appear in email inboxes for players in north america and australia the code gives Zerud and needs to be redeemed by March 31st, 2021. And finally, there is a event happening in Pokemon Cafe Mix where you can get Holiday Lucario. <laughs> He's got a cute little hat on, a, a robe. He's covered in snow, or at least it looks like snow. So cute. Amazing. Just, just a certified good boy literally i mean look at him he's i you can't see him you know what i mean <laughs> imagine it in your head he's so cute it's lucario wearing a, like a nutcracker outfit if that's not cute then i don't know what is and uh before we move on to the main topic of today's episode i would like to uh do everyone's favorite segment where we talk about a random pokemon every episode this episode is going to be a little bit special um i didn't do this last year. I don't know why I didn't have this idea then. Um, but we, of course, this is, this is going to be the one time, one of the only times that I specifically choose a Pokemon for random Pokemon of the week. I guess you can just call it Pokemon of the week this time. Um, but I am choosing a specific Pokemon for this time and also a specific move for move tutor at the end of the episode. Um, I'm sure you can guess which one it is considering it's the holidays number 225 in the holiday spirit. We're going to be talking about Delibird. Delibird is a dual type ice flying Pokemon introduced in generation two. It is the delivery Pokemon. It is number 225. Like I said, it is not known to evolve into or from any other Pokemon. Uh, it has the abilities vital spirits or hustle or insomnia as its hidden ability. 50-50 male-female ratio. It is 2 foot 11, or 0 0.9 meters. And it weighs 35.3 pounds, or 16 kilograms. So, obviously, Christmas, Santa, presents, all, all, all might come to mind when I mention this Pokemon, of course. And of course, in a lot of people's minds, you know, around the holidays, people who celebrate Christmas, this Pokemon might even come to mind when you hear the holidays. Who knows? If you're a Pokemon fanatic like me, that might be the case. If not, then let me teach you a few things about this Pokemon and why it is lovely and why uh, it is to be associated with the holidays. I mean, look at it. It's got a sack for a tail where it holds presents that it delivers to people. How cute is that? You can't get any cuter than that. It is literally a Santa bird that has its its present bag literally built into its body. That is it's it was it was made for this purpose. It evolved <laughs> to deliver presents to people. I mean, obviously, um which is sort of proved by the fact that uh, it's only one of its only two moves that it learns by leveling up is present. The other being drill peck. I don't know if that's necessarily something that uh, Santa Claus himself would do, but 
Maybe if he was a bird. Who knows? I mean, we know what would happen if Santa Claus was a bird because that's this Pokemon, literally. Obviously, they can't say that it's Santa Claus because there's all sorts of, I'm sure, copyright things that would go into that. But you know what they were trying to do. You know what they were trying to they know. You know the thing that what they were trying to prove with this Pokemon. Um, you know, I mean, not necessarily, not not entirely. That's more of a joke. Um, it is it is vaguely based on Santa Claus, but um, it is just a penguin penguin Pokemon uh, that delivers presents. And it is red and white and has the appearance of a white beard. I will let you make the connection, as did Pokemon when they were designing this Pokemon. But uh, I think we all know what this Pokemon's all about. Anyway, let's move on to the Pokedex entries for this Pokemon. Um, it carries food all day long. There are tales about lost people who were saved by the food that it had. It nests at the edge of sharp cliffs. It spends all day carrying food to its awaiting chicks. Well, I thought it was for people. No, it's for its chicks now. It always carries its food with it wherever it goes. If attacked, it throws its food at the opponent. That's not really... That's not really that good of a... defense mechanism. <laughs> First of all, you're giving away your, you know, your resources, your your survivability by attacking with it. It's like someone comes into your home, you know, someone, someone breaks into your house and you start tearing up the floorboards and hitting them with it. That's not, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the best strategy, but if it works, uh, it carries food all day. Well, that's the same one. Hold on. Delibird carries its food bundled up in its tail. There was once a famous explorer who managed to reach, who managed to reach the peak of Mount Everest. Thanks to one of these, thanks to one of these Pokemon sharing its food. Does Mount Everest exist in the real Waha in Pokemon? Mount Everest? The, the, the Mount Everest? Hmm. It nests at the edge of sharp cliffs. It spends all day carrying food to its awaiting chicks. That's the same thing. It's literally the same. Like, what? Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald had some new ones, and then Fire Red and Leaf Green just reused the ones from Gold Silver. How boring. It carries up food rolled up in its tail. It has the habit of sharing food with people lost in mountains. You, this, they're all the same. Oh, they changed. Oh my God, they changed it in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Now it says there was once a famous explorer who managed to reach the peak of the world's highest mountain. So they they retconned. They 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 accidentally confirmed the existence of Mount Everest, and then they 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 retconned it in Omega in the remakes. And we're like, whoa, hey, hold on. That doesn't exist in this world. This is Pokemon. Oh, here we go. There's some interesting things in Sun and Moon. Although it naturally prefers colder locales, Delibird in Alola seems to be able to withstand the heat to a certain extent. Uh, it has a generous habit of sharing its food with people in Pokemon, so it's always scrounging around for more food. I like that Sun one. The one where it talks about how they, how they survive. That's interesting. Maybe ice types aren't so, you know, they're not so... Uh, Weak in, in hot locations after all. I mean, there are Delibird in Sun, in Sun and Moon, so that makes total sense. Now, being a uh, Generation 2 Pokemon, we can, of course, talk about its Mystery Dungeon conversations. Uh, from half to full, it says, if you need anything delivered, I'm at your service. And then 25 to 50 is, wait a second, only half my HP is left. <laughs> He's like, whoa, hold on, wait. Stop it for a minute. Um, 1% to 25% is, I'm finished. I have no energy left at all. And then level up is, oh, yippee, I leveled up. This makes me happy. It's very, very jolly. Remind you of anyone? <clears throat> uh, anyway. Well, I guess we can talk about, well, is there any trivia? Is there anything, anything interesting about this Pokemon? I'm sure. I'm sure. Delibird is one of the only few is one of the few Pokemon who can learn TM moves when it learns fewer than four moves by leveling up. Oh, like Wobbuffet, I assume, is the Pokemon they're sort of talking about here. I know Wobbuffet only learns like five moves. Uh, or like four, I guess. The Pokemon Ultimate Handbook incorrectly states that Delibird is a legendary Pokemon. Oh my goodness. Well, when you're delivering presents to all the good boys and girls across the, the Pokemon world, you may as well be. 
Delibird has Insomnia as its hidden ability, although it already has access to Vital Spirit, another ability with exactly the same in-battle effect. Oh, that's really funny. That's really funny that it has, it has, <laughs> its hidden ability is exactly the same as one of its normal abilities. So if you ever have this Pokemon, there is literally no reason why you would ever want to hunt for its hidden ability. Talk about useless. I mean, yeah, some Pokemon have some useless hidden abilities, but that's just, that's just comically bad. That's just, you would, there's literally no, no reason why you would ever do that. Ever. And hidden abilities are supposed to be rare. You know, things that people seek after most of the time. Things that are norm sometimes better than its normal abilities. That's just funny. That's funny. And Delibird's shiny form. Um, it's purple. It's literally just purple. It goes from red to purple. There's nothing else. Uh, it's it's white doesn't change color. The this feet doesn't change color. It's just red to purple. That's it. Um. I mean, it looks okay. It looks good. I'm not going to lie, but it's of course not very interesting or unique. Um, uh, five out of 10. I mean, no, I'm going to say four. I'm going to say four out of 10. That's not very good. I mean, it's just purple. Like it looks fine, but sometimes that's not all you need. You know, that's, it's, is that the lowest that we've been so far? Probably not. I'm I'm sure that I've given a Pokemon a lower rating, but even then, four out of ten for Delibird is kind of sad. It's a little generous, if I'm being honest with you. You know, for the holiday spirit, I'll be a little bit generous and give it a four out of ten. But even then, I think that's saying something. And now, before we continue, let's talk about Delibird uh, in a competitive format. Which, you know, newsflash, not to not to ruin the the holiday cheer here, but Delibird is uh, as as Ashley puts it in the overview for on Smogon.com, Delibird is an atrocious Pokemon. Being outclassed by virtually every other lead in the game due to its abysmal speed and defenses, meaning it will rarely ever be able to set up more than one layer of spikes. Although it's able to run Rapid Spin in an attempt to win in the Hazard game, Quillfish is more effective at keeping entry hazards off the field due to its superior speed, Intimidate, and access to Taunt, while Rosalia can utilize Evio Light and has access to reliable recovery options. Both have more defensive utility overall, making them far more reliable options. This is just sad. I feel I almost feel bad for this Pokemon. It's a lead. Spikes, Rapid Spin, Icy Wind, and Destiny Bond with a Focus Sash, Vital Spirit as its, hidden, as its ability. Not even... Is that its hidden ability? Hold on. Oh, it, no, it's not. Yeah, they don't, even, they don't even bother to use its hidden ability because, it's, again, it's the same thing. Timid Nature, which is plus speed minus attack, 252 special attack EVs, 4 special defense EVs, and 252 speed evies and uh for the stats deli bird has 45 hp 55 attack 45 defense 65 special attack 45 special defense and 75 speed how atrocious that's i mean literally that's the word that they use in the overview just it's it's just bad it's just it's just bad i mean like not to be really harsh to this Pokemon, but obviously it's just a gimmick. That's all it's meant for. It's, you know, it's supposed to be the Santa Claus Pokemon, the present giving, the delivery Pokemon. Uh, but other than that, it's not much else, if anything at all. Merry Christmas, everybody. In lieu with the holiday season, <laughs> I think it is only customary that I talk about uh, what what Pokemon would do in any in any good Christmas holiday situation and release a Pikachu short <laughs> based on the Christmas time, the holiday time, the winter time. Let me let me paint you a picture. It's 2000. The, it's the year 2000. 
Uh, you just bought the newest Pokemon movie. What is it? Pokemon 2000, probably, I assume. Um, and before it, or after it, or maybe in the middle? Probably not. But on, on the DVD is a Pikachu short that plays, you know, around... Uh, you know, is, is, is a special feature on the DVD. Was DVD a thing? Probably not in 2001. I think so. I, I was like two years old then, so I, I don't know. Um, even if it wasn't, you know, you, you, you pop in the VHS into your, into your, your, your VHS player and you play, uh, one of these Pikachu shorts before you actually watch the movie. And they made a few of them based on, the winter time, the, you know, Christmas holiday season. Um, and today for the extra special holiday episode of extreme Evo cast episode 47, we're going to be talking about one of them, half, half of one of them. I know that that doesn't sound like a lot, but, um, this is Pikachu's winter vacation from 2001. <laughs> um, I know I said 2000, I thought it was from 2000. I realize now that it's 2001. Um, 2001 VHS. Um, it is a collection of four shorts based on Pikachu and his friends, <laughs> um, you know, sort of getting into getting into shenanigans for the holiday season. Um, I remember I loved these sort of Pikachu shorts when I was a kid. I never watched this one. Uh, this was actually one that I uh, didn't watch, I didn't watch Pikachu's Winter Vacation, or at least I didn't watch these, the two shorts that I watched out of the four. I just watched them tonight, uh, and we're going to be talking about them today. I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I'm only covering two of them because I don't want this episode to go for too long anyway. Uh, maybe next episode after the new year, I will start the new year by talking about the extra, the, the second half of these Pikachu shorts, if, if I do so, um, you know, if I want to. Uh, but I think that there's enough content to talk about uh, in these first two little shorts that I'm going to talk about today. Um, the Pikachu shorts were always, like I said before, these little these little, you know, things that they showed before the actual Pokemon movie. Uh, they were always really cute, really, really fun, you know, sort of just like little snippets, little, little short movies, I guess, about Pikachu and his friends having some fun. Uh, and they released these ones. Let me actually see if I can find what when they released these. Um, Pikachu's Winter Vacation is a series composed of several Pikachu shorts that are related to winter and Christmas. Let me see. I'm, I'm looking at the Pikachu short um, sort of, you know, page. I watched Pikachu's Vacation. That was one of my favorite ones. Um, when, when were they? When were they? Does it say when like what movie they were released upon the Pokemon short films, which are shorts that aired theatrically together with the corresponding movie in Japan. Well, hold on. Maybe I can see, maybe I can tell which one they released with. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, it was with, Oh, they weren't released. They weren't released with any of them. They were just, it was its own. It was its own movie. So I take my analogy back. That's not what these were. But, you know, you, you did see these sort of um, these sort of shorts before every movie that, you know, I, I wasn't wrong about that. But um, this one in particular seemed to be seemed to be released in its own little bundle with these four shorts, uh, which, like I said, we're going to be talking about two of them today. So, you know, uh, bundle up with some some hot cocoa. <laughs> sit by the warm fireplace wherever you are right now it doesn't matter where you are right now i'm this that's a command bundle up and sit near a warm fireplace with a cup of eggnog maybe hot chocolate maybe just some warm milk um we're gonna be talking about pikachu and his friends having some good old-fashioned holiday fun and uh, i even watched these the, you know the recording that i watched these on were actually um recorded on a vhs like from a vhs so i sort of have that you know the vhs experience you know the 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 crackly uh, footage the sort of borders on the side where you know you the crtv maybe wouldn't show 
But anyway, I digress. The first short is, uh, what's it called? It's called something. I guess I probably should have figured this out before I, I closed it. God. Okay, this one is called Christmas Night. It was released... Oh my god, it wasn't released? Why? It wasn't released in the U.S. until 2006? Huh? Why? <laughs> it, was, it was released in Japan in 1998. They waited eight years to release this movie into the U.S. We, we were patient, I guess. Jeez. The Japanese name of this, uh, of this movie is called Let's Play on Christmas. <laughs> Um, the, so sort of, sort of a staple of these, of these Pikachu shorts is the opening movie, the opening, uh, sorry, the opening song. Usually it's, you know, it's sort of in the same boat as the Pokemon theme song, but it's always so cheesy. It's like, you know, it's sung by the, you know, very like stereotypical, just like feel good song, like, you know, like, oh, let's play with Pikachu. Let's have some fun. Pikachu and his friends are going to have some fun. You know, like, I wouldn't even be surprised if that was a lyric in one of them. Um, it's hilariously cheesy, but it's charming, you know, in his own special way. Maybe it's the nostalgia talking, despite never watching this one in particular, but I did watch most of these as a kid. Um, you know, maybe it's the nostalgia talking, but I find these little opening songs so hilariously cheesy but very endearing very charming very cute you know it, it was a simpler time i could turn on the tv and i was gonna say 2001 but apparently 2006 for the people living in the u.s uh, and just watch pikachu bulbasaur squirtle togepi all of his friends uh enjoying some christmas time <laughs> some christmas exciting adventures uh so this Pikachu movie starts out with the staple of Ash, Brock, and Misty. You know, replace Brock and Misty with the other uh, partners that Ash was with at the time. Uh, with the whole, you're in charge, Pikachu. You know, bye. See you later. We're leaving for the day. Um, they've just rented out this cabin in like, or like a, like a, like a, it was like a seaside manor. Not a manor, like a house, just like a house. Uh, for God knows what, whatever reason they were doing, spending Christmas uh, sort of in this in this home and it's like this winter home. Um, and after the humans, the trainers have left, Pikachu and his friends, like I said, uh, Pikachu, Vulpix, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Psyduck, Togepi, they roam around the house. They discover the they discover the Christmas tree. They make themselves food. They decorate themselves they wear party hats i don't really know i guess they like they can't really say okay listen i was about to say they can't say christmas you know they can't be like oh like they put on santa hats because there's they literally have in this movie signs like on the tree that says merry christmas so i don't think that's necessarily a problem are santa hats copyrighted they might be or maybe, you know, maybe it's just not something that they do in Japan, um, you know, because obviously it was recorded first in Japan, or animated in Japan, uh, and then sort of translated to, 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 to English in the U.S. later. Uh, but they wear party hats, like they're going to a birthday party, not a Christmas party, uh, and they have a fun time. They discover this the beautifully decorated Christmas tree already set up for them by what I can assume, Ash, Brock, and Misty, um, with snow on it by the way this christmas tree they discover indoors has snow on it it's almost like they took it directly from outside their house didn't even bother wiping off the snow and just decorated it there and then uh still has snow on it in the house not sure how that works but i'm not going to question it uh they get into some very interesting shenanigans such as bulbasaur chasing squirtle for eating just one of many holiday cookies that Bulbasaur specifically was going to eat, but Squirtle, I think, fell onto Bulbasaur and and caught the cookie in his mouth and just ate it with like a stock eating sound effect that just stood out among everything. Um, and then Bulbasaur for, or Squirtle for sorry, yes, Bulbasaur was right the first time. Bulbasaur for some reason gets really angry <laughs> at Squirtle for eating one cookie uh, that 
there's there was like a huge plate of them right in front of him and Bulbasaur decided that that specific cookie was his and he is not going to have any of that so he chases Squirtle around you know yelling at him um at the same time Fulpix gets his head stuck into in a stocking very uh smart pokemon here Psyduck uh, is trying to open a literal champagne bottle. Not really sure how that works. A ca- like, it's especially, I was going to say, it's not good for Pokemon probably to be drinking alcohol, but specifically Psyduck, who is, you know, prone to getting headaches and having literal psychic powers. But I, I, I trust that alcohol is probably not very good for a Psyduck. Uh, if I had to guess, if, if there was one Pokemon that I would decide not to give alcohol to, it would probably be Psyduck. Um, I would probably never give my Pokemon alcohol, though. Can Pokemon get drunk? I mean, I guess they can, right? Like, that's not necessarily something they couldn't do, but it's just not never something that I considered. And like I said, specifically Psyduck, probably not really good. During these shenanigans, Pikachu is, of course, hanging out with Togepi, having a good time checking out the Christmas tree, when, like, in four separate times, all of these Pokemon almost knock down this Christmas tree in front of Pikachu, who, you know, obviously struggles to to not have it fall over. Um, like, four separate times. Pikachu is trying so hard to keep his tree up and ready, and these Pokemon are just running around like animals. I mean, I guess they are animals, but you know what I mean. Like, theoretical animals just making making an absolute mess of the place and almost knocking down this Christmas tree, like, four times until they do knock it down. Psyduck finally gets this bottle of champagne open, and the cap... Uh, bounces around the room and hits Pikachu right in the face. <laughs> and while while he's trying to not have this tree fall over, and of course, the tree falls over. Um, and at this point, Pikachu, uh, understandably, gets very very angry at his friends because he, they they're just trying to have a nice Christmas party, and they knocked over the Christmas tree. And it's on the ground and all the decorations are are messed up and fallen off and the snow is still somehow on the Christmas tree. But that's not important. Uh, Pikachu gets mad. Pikachu gets pissed. Excuse my French. And uh, he shocks them. He he lets out a, a bolt of electricity as an angry Pikachu might do and causes a blackout in the uh, in the house. And, you know, um, poor, poor Pikachu stumbling around in the dark accidentally kicks a music box that opens, plays a, just a gorgeous melody with an accompanying Christmas tree, <laughs> a Christmas music box. You know, it's not like a ballerina. It's not an angel. It's a Christmas tree uh, spinning around in this music box that says Merry Christmas on it. And Pikachu having a, a slew of emotions going from happy to extremely angry and then to extremely sad, almost brought to tears by this music box abruptly stopping because, you know, it wasn't wound up or whatever. Um, and this this absolute just mess of emotions causes Pikachu to get inspired and decorate the tree that they so ignorantly knocked down, or I guess Pikachu isn't to blame here, that his friends so ignorantly knocked down. Poor Vulpix, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Psyduck, and Togepi. Togepi, it wasn't Togepi's fault. Togepi's just a baby. But it's the other Pokemon's fault for being so careless, knocking down this Christmas tree. Um, and Pikachu is like, hey, gang, let's decorate it again. Let's fix it. Let's make this tree back to its former glory. Um, and they do. There's a little montage of them, you know, putting the ornaments back up, lifting the tree back up to its its former glory. Uh, and the short ends with Ash, Misty, Brock walking back in to the house and seeing what all what Pikachu's friend, what Pikachu and his friends have got up to. Um, and they and what they've gotten up to is decorating this beautiful tree that I will say was already completely decorated before they even came here before you know before they even left i mean and what like what i can assume is the work of ashbrock and misty decorating this christmas tree for the holidays uh and then pikachu 
and his friends decorated again. And then, you know, Ash Mason brought come in and are like, wow, it's beautiful, Pikachu. Thank you. And like, what did they like? Did they forget that they decorated it? They decorated it <laughs> like Ash, Misty and Brock or they at least saw the tree when they came in because it was sitting in the middle of the room. And like like Pikachu, taking, they're taking all the credit for this beautiful Christmas tree that they just repaired. They didn't do anything. They didn't. They didn't. It's not like they got another tree. It's the same tree, same decorations. They just they they took it as their own and they took all the credit for it and they were still impressed somehow. All jokes aside, it was very cute. <laughs> uh, you know, sort of the ending was very nice. It was again, like I said, a very, very intense roller coaster of emotions from Dear Pikachu here. Very happy to very angry to very sad and then to motivated uh, to rebuild this Christmas tree that they had fallen. Um, you know, I mean, it was cute. It was it was full of very amusing moments like Vulpix getting its head stuck in uh, stuck in the stocking or Psyduck struggling to get this champagne bottle open you know all things considered i think that these shorts are much much better in eyes of nostalgia i don't necessarily think that they you know they sort of have the same cheesiness as uh the it's it's almost like the original pokemon anime but feel good you know it's it's very just like cutesy for the purpose of being cute but i mean like there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's fine. It's, it's funny. It's cute. It's, 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 it is feel good. It did make me feel good. It made me want to go downstairs and look at my Christmas tree for a couple of minutes, if that means anything. And if this short made me want to go downstairs and bundle up with a cup of hot cocoa, then I'm excited for what this next short will do. In between these two shorts is a very short little, uh, uh, song sung by uh, what appears to be hundreds of Jigglypuffs falling from the sky in almost a apocalyptic scenario at first is what I thought it was. But then I realized that there's supposed to be snow and it's, it's snowing Jigglypuffs. After this, uh, short number two starts, which is called Kanga Games. Kanga Games, probably, not Kanga. Kanga Games, or in Japanese, Let's Play in the Snow. Uh, this one, like I said, is is very different from the first one. Well, as different as Christmas-themed Pikachu shorts can get. Um, this one starts in another sort of holiday home of Ash, Misty, and Brock. Uh, a cabin in the woods. <laughs> I don't know where they're getting all of this real estate, these these winter homes, but they got like three, as far as I can tell. Um Though, like, all jokes aside, the cabin that they got in the middle of, like, just, like, the woods is literally my dream home. <laughs> I love, like, mountainous areas with pine trees and snow and cabins. So cozy, so nice, so beautiful. And this cabin that they that they rented or whatever they bought, they own, like, for the winter. Oh, my God, it is gorgeous and is, like... Like literally this made me consider going out into the into a cabin in the middle of the woods during during the winter time and celebrating Christmas in a cabin, in a log cabin. It's beautiful. There's like a fireplace in the middle of the you know, in the middle of the room. It's you can see that the sun shining through in the morning is beautiful. It's seriously beautiful. Um anyway, what happens is this short is focused on the wonders of the winter outside world, <laughs> sort of, you know, a different, different aspect of Christmas, of the holidays, um, of, of, of December in, uh, in, in these shorts. And, uh, you know, I, I only hope to know what the last two are about once we cover them in another episode of EvoCast. Um, this one is, you know, all centered around the wonders of playing outside in the snow. And, um, of course, Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, I don't remember if Vulpix is there. I don't think so. Vulpix has been replaced by Geodude and Onix. I don't know if Brock just didn't have these Pokemon at the time or he just didn't want to bring. I guess Onix makes sense not being in the home, but uh, Geodude, he left him out. He took him with him last time. Who knows? Um, but Geodude and Onix are here to here to 
to um to play with us this time to play with the pikachu and his friends um you know they go outside they play in the snow pikachu and his friends they play in the snow they make footprints in the snow togepi is enamored by the footprints in the snow psyduck is just slamming his face into the snow uh making like snow angels i guess snow face angels in the snow which is absolutely hilarious like the hardest i've laughed at anything in these any of these pikachu shorts like if you haven't seen this go watch it if only for that moment like it's way funnier than it should be i don't think they meant it to be that funny it's just psyduck just like you know just slamming his face into the snow over and over again and it's it's so funny for so many different reasons and i don't know why until they see big footsteps, large ones in the snow, and Togepi being a, bit, a little baby. Uh, that wasn't an insult towards Togepi. Togepi is quite literally a baby. Um, follows them, and Pikachu's like, hey, yo, listen, these could be dangerous. We don't know what made these. It could be a big, scary monster. Uh, when in reality, it's a big old Kangaskhan. If you didn't sort of get it by the name of the, uh, name of the episode or name of the short uh, it's a Kangaskhan, big old Kangaskhan and her little baby, um, who is very interested in playing with everyone in the snow. And that's exactly what he does. Can you know, the big mama Kangaskhan sort of lifts this baby Kangaskhan out of her pouch and in front of Pikachu and Togepi and, uh, joins in the fun. And they have a very intense snowball fight immediately, um, where, you know, Pokemon are getting hit in the face. Pokemon are throwing them at each other. It's an all-out battle. Um, until Meowth, who literally only shows up for about 30 seconds in this entire, in any of these shorts, as far as I've watched, these two of them that I've watched, Meowth only shows up for like 30 seconds. Uh, he's like, you know, I'll show those Pokemon how to do a real snowball fight. And then he rolls like a huge snowball and he rolls it down the hill towards everybody and ends up just getting hit by it himself and getting rolled up in a big snowball and then just rolls away. You know, like the only lines of dialogue spoken by anyone that isn't Ash and Ash and Brock and Misty is just Meowth hyping himself up and then immediately getting destroyed by his own snowball. Very in very Meowth fashion, completely ignoring uh, Meowth's fumble, the Pikachu and the gang, uh, along with this baby Kangaskhan that they've sort of adopted as their friend, um, uh, find a random sled out of nowhere, just a, just a sled sliding down this hill, uh, Bulbasaur and Squirtle get the great idea, or at least, okay, Bulbasaur gets the great idea of throwing Squirtle, his friend onto, uh, onto the snow. And riding him like a sled. Squirtle doesn't seem too happy about this, you know, during the time. So I don't know how great of friends that they really are. I don't know. Who, I don't know who would do that to their friend. Long story short, uh, they start careening out of control. And uh, so does the rest of the Pokemon. Geodude, Psyduck, and Vulpix, who I just remembered does now exist, um, on the back of Onyx, the th the three sort of sled friends, uh, sled groups, uh, start careening out of control towards a a lake, and who comes to save the day? None other than Kangaskhan, uh, running faster than an Onyx slides down a snowy hill. <laughs> Which, if you think about how heavy an Onyx is, and in terms of you know mass and momentum is pretty darn fast so good on her for being a protective mom and also i suppose protective of not only her child but all of his friends um impressive by the hands of mrs kankaskan who saves everybody stopping them just inches before they they f go into this i assume freezing lake um and everybody is saved after that close call everyone sort of meets back up says goodbye to the baby Kangaskhan. And after a little bit of, you know, momentary sadness, uh, their joy is brought back to them. The Christmas spirit and joy is brought back to them as their trainers come back. Pikachu lovingly jumps into Ash's arms and, you know, it ends with a sunset scene of them looking out, out into the lake that, that could have been their demise. How poetic. It speaks loads on the narrative of this, of this winter fun adventure. Which again, just like how the last short made me want to curl up on the couch in a nice big blanket next to a fireplace with a cup of hot cocoa, 
This short made me want to rent out a cabin with my closest friends uh, in the middle of the forest during wintertime and celebrate Christmas, going sledding, having snowball fights, just, you know, reverting back to our, our childhood fun in the in the snow. So I would say that, you know, what they were sort of going for with these with these Pikachu's winter vacation shorts, which which was I'm going to list the I'm going to list them out to you. The goals that they had was being cute, being funny and making their viewers want to experience the same things that these lovable Pokemon did. Uh, I would say they're three for three in success, at least for me. And with that, I think that's going to wrap up this little discussion about Pikachu's winter vacation. I'm not really sure what else could be said. I did already sort of conclude my thoughts about these these Pikachu shorts. You know, like, I have a love for these Pikachu shorts. You know, it comes from a rooted nostalgia in watching them before the Pokemon movies that I used to watch as a kid. But like I said, I never saw this one. Uh, so I sort of was coming into this as, as a, in a new light. Um, and, and, and I mean, if you never watched these as a kid, um, that it might have sounded pretty entertaining to you. And it was entertaining, though, as an adult, you know, as an adult <laughs> absorbing this content, it's I mean, you know, it's obvious that it was made for kids. But as a Pokemon fan, I can appreciate it. You know, I can appreciate the childish energy of the Pokemon anime and especially, you know, the 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 holiday wonder that comes packaged in with this with this short uh, and all of the shorts, you know, after and before this one. Um, it's I'm sort of just watching it, knowing what it's going to be already, knowing that this was made for children, knowing that it was sort of made, you know, with with that with that energy in mind, but still appreciating it for what it is as a fan of Pokemon and as someone who enjoyed them as a kid. But in terms of the holidays and enjoying something on, you know, December 22nd, three days before Christmas, I would say that it did an absolutely fantastic job at getting me in the spirit of Christmas and the holidays. And like I said before, making me want to do so many wonderful holiday activities. So Mission accomplished, I suppose. And before we end this episode off, we of course have one more segment to go through. The segment where we talk about our random move every episode, though this one is not so random because I chose it specifically for this episode. Uh, <laughs> the move we're talking about today is present, going along with Delibird as the random Pokemon of the week. Um, present is Delibird's signature move. Present is a damage-dealing normal-type move introduced in Generation 2. It is a physical move. It has a PP of 50 and an accuracy of 90. In Generation 2, Present can either deal damage against the target or heal it for one-fourth of its maximum HP. If Present deals damage, the base power of Present is chosen at random from 40, 80, or 120. In the core series, Present will have a 20% chance of healing Pokemon with a full HP, with full HP, though the message afterwards slightly de differs depending on the game. In Gold and Silver, if it would heal the target but it has full HP, a message is displayed that says, Enemy Pokemon can't receive the gift. In Pokemon Stadium 2, the move is still performed, but the message it couldn't receive the gift is displayed. In the English Pokemon Crystal, no message is displayed. Presence effect is chosen randomly as shown below. Oh, okay. So I actually thought that it was just like, I thought it was like a base 40 power move. I thought it was just bad, but it's actually, uh, it has a 40% chance to be a 40 base power move, a 30% chance to be an 80 base power move and a 10% chance to be a 120 base power move. That's actually not bad. That's like a hyper beam. Uh, or it is a 20% chance to heal one-fourth of the target's max HP. In Gold and Silver, a glitch causes the level, attack, and defense variables of the damage formula to be replaced. The attack will be replaced with 5 if the target is rock or steel type, or 10 otherwise. Huh? What? 
The level will be based on the index number of the defending Pokemon's type, and the defense will be based on the index number of the attacking Pokemon's type. And it's just 0 to 27. Like, it's not... Obviously, there's not 27 types. It sort of skips from 9 to 20 halfway through. That's so weird. What? So it's glitched in Generation 2. That's really weird. The damage formula is just wrong. It's dependent on the the Pokemon's type. And also, the attack is replaced with 5 if the target is Rock or Steel type. That's really weird. I wonder how that happens. Uh, in Generation 3 onwards... Oh, here we go. Actually, it says, In Crystal and Pokemon Stadium 2, the glitch is fixed and present damage calculates normally. Wow, remind me not to use present in gold and silver. Not that I probably would anyway, but, you know. In Generation 3 onwards, present will have no effect if it would heal a Pokemon at full HP. Present consumes a normal gem even if it heals the target, but it does not increase HP restored. If a Pokemon with parental bond, aka can't make a Kangaskhan, uses present and heals the target, it will only hit once. However, if it damages the target, it will hit twice. Interesting. Um, there's not really much else to say. There's some interesting quirks with it, especially that glitch. But other than that, it's sort of just like, you know, it has like four different outcomes that can happen. One of which 10% chance to be really good, actually like a pretty good damn like normal type move, like a pretty good physical normal type move. Like how, how big, how, how much damage does explosion do? Oh, okay. Explosion is a base 250 move, but you know what I mean? It doesn't faint you. <laughs> uh, hold on. What about hyperbeam? I forget what these moves, what their base powers are. So yeah, I mean, okay. Hyperbeam is 150. Isn't hyper voice kind of the same? Isn't hyper voice a 120 base move? I think so, huh? Oh no, not even close. What it, what move am I thinking of? There's a I think there's a like a base one 120 normal type move. Boom burst is 140. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm think I'm thinking of boom burst, I think. Boom burst is a one so think about it like this. Boom burst is a 140 base power move. Uh it's a special move though. Um present has a 1% chance or a 10% chance to do 120 base power and it's a physical move. That's actually not bad. Obviously, it's a bad move because there's only a 10% chance to do that. <laughs> and pretty much every other outcome is just bad. Like 40 base power move, even an 80 base power move isn't really that good. And then obviously healing your target is not super good. But interesting move has has the potential to be kind of okay, but... You know, it's not. It's it's a cool idea for a move. Like it it makes sense. You know, it's it's a good gimmick move, but obviously not a very good move. Um, let's see. It says in some of the descriptions, a move that inflicts major damage but may restore the target's HP. A bomb that may restore HP. A bomb? Yeah, that was in Gold Silver Crystal, and then a Ruby Sapphire Emerald. They're like, hold on, it's not a bomb. It's a gift. It's a present. A gift in the form of a bomb. May restore HP. The foe is given a booby-trapped gift. Yeah, okay. Uh, Delibird, the only Pokemon that learns it by leveling up, but other Pokemon can learn it. Chansey, Pichu, Cleffa, Igglybuff, Meryl, Miltank, some examples. Interesting. I didn't know this Pokemon. I thought Delibird was the only one that could learn it. But apparently, some Pokemon can learn it by breeding. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else to talk about with this move. There's no trivia. There's no other information. It's just a, you know, I'm happy to be talking about it. Spreading the, spreading the, the holiday cheer with presents that have, you know, <laughs> a 90% chance of, or a 80% chance of dealing damage, but a present nonetheless. And with that, I think that is going to do it for today's episode. I hope everyone who's listening to this has an amazing holiday. Uh, for those of you who celebrate it, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, uh, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye!